Hello and welcome to another episode of the Road Coach Podcast, the show where I share what I've learned from years on the road through uh, experimentation and research so that if you are like me and you spend more time on the road than you do at home, you can not only survive but thrive even when you are out of your element. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk about a couple of quick sleep hacks that I use that I think are really beneficial if you travel a lot. Um, sleep is obviously massively important. I think nowadays with hustle culture and you know people trying to do five different things and have seven different income streams and you know be fit and eat well and kind of be Superman all the time. Uh, sometimes we think that sleep isn't important or that sleep isn't very necessary, but um, I'm a big proponent of sleep. I try to get at least eight hours every single night, uh, regardless of where I am in the world. Um, and we talked about how time zone changes can, can really affect that um, and how difficult that can be to get your circadian rhythm back in check. But we're not going to talk about um, circadian rhythm uh, or different time zones in this episode. I just wanted to talk about a few things that I think are really, really beneficial to help you get the sleep that you need uh, when you're traveling. So the first thing that I've got up here on my screen is what's called the, the turtle pillow. Um, I really hate airport pillows, the ones that wrap around your neck. Um, they're big and bulky and I find they make me sweat um, and they don't work really well. I cannot sleep in them. I would rather just sleep in a regular airplane chair. Um, but of course, nowadays with airplane seats, um, they don't recline you know, more than about two inches. And even if they do, the person behind you is always getting upset because they have about, you know, three inches in front of them without your seat reclined because we jam everybody in so tight on planes nowadays. So um, having a good pillow helps. And this turtle pillow I got a couple of years ago and I find it really, really helpful. Um, so I don't know if they'll blow it up here, um, but this turtle pillow, essentially what it is, is a, um, it looks like a scarf and it's got Velcro on one side um, to attach it to itself. So you wrap it around your neck and then just Velcro it to itself. Um, but inside here, it's got like, like a curved plastic plate that kind of fits exactly um, the way your kind of your your chin goes into your neck and then goes around your collarbone. It kind of fits perfectly there. So you can just angle the pillow off to the side and then tighten it around your neck. It's very breathable material. Um, and basically it doesn't let your head fall forward. Your head just kind of relaxes in that relaxed position and you can sleep for, I've slept for hours on planes with this thing. Um, and it's absolutely great. Um, if you're like me and, and you're sleeping without anything and you fall asleep, as soon as your head bobs forward, it kind of wakes you up again and then you gotta fall asleep all over again. And it doesn't make for a good sleep. So this turtle pillow I find is awesome. Um, if you have the ability to get one or ask for one for, you know, a, gift or you know birthday whatever um these turtle pillows i find are really good i'm sure there's competitors out there i'm sure you can find stuff on amazon but the design of this one itself if you can find a similar design i just i find it really really great um the second big thing that i use uh, and i don't use this just when i'm traveling i use this i actually take this every single day but ashwagandha which is something i hadn't heard of i don't know probably, i shouldn't say hadn't heard of it I never thought of it as a, as a supplement worth taking, I, I'd say. Um, more than about six months ago, I think, is when I first started to read about it. Um, this is just from WebMD, but ashwagandha, it's an ancient uh, Ayurvedic herb. Um, so used a lot in like Southeast Asia and India and stuff like that. 
Um, but this from WebMD, it says that it's possibly effective for insomnia. Uh, it seems to improve overall sleep and sleep quality, and it's good for stress. Uh, helps to reduce stress in some people, and it might also help reduce stress-related weight gain. And we all know we um, the body is naturally stressed. I'm not talking about anxiety, but just the stress of travel on um, your internal clock and your digestion and all that kind of stuff um, is very real. So anything that helps with that, I think, is worth looking into. And ashwagandha is something that I started using daily probably maybe four months ago, and it's been really, really good. I take it at bedtime, um, and it's really improved my sleep quality, um, and it helps me sleep consistently no matter where I am. If I shut my eyes, I can, I mean, there's a, a couple other things I do too, but um, I'm one of those guys that I can pretty much shut my eyes anywhere now and fall asleep within 10 minutes. So ashwagandha is part of my part of my regimen. So this is just WebMD. I tend to, um, as you know, I like to use um, scientific publications. So this was a publication that was done in 2011. It's an over, overview of ashwagandha. Um, but essentially, this is basically a, it's, it's a meta-analysis of a bunch of studies that have been done. And so I just want to um, highlight a couple things for you here. Um, so it's been used for, uh, for millennia. Um, as a Rasayana for its wide-ranging health benefits and it's described as an herbal or metallic preparation that promotes a youthful state of physical and mental health and it expands happiness. So they give them to small children, middle-aged, elderly, everyone basically no matter the age uses it um, and you can get it in a bunch of different ways. Um, it enhances the function of the brain and the nervous system, it improves memory, it improves the function of the reproductive system, and it's a powerful adaptogen, meaning it enhances the body's resilience to stress. It improves the body's defense against disease by improving cell-mediated immunity. And it possesses potent antioxidant properties that help protect against cellular damage caused by free radicals. So it really is kind of like a wonder herb. Um, and when I found out about it, I couldn't believe that I hadn't like read more about it or heard more about it when I first did. And so I've read a ton of papers on it and, and started taking it ever since I... Um, ever since uh, I started reading more about it. Uh, I'm not going to get into the um, the uh, the chemical composition or anything like that. It's a plant. It's an herb. Um, I just take it in pill form. You can buy capsules of it. You can get it in teas if you want to make a tea out of it. I find capsules are easiest to take on the road. Um, but these are just some things here like um, they did they had a study on the effect on swimming performance this was in mice but the control group of mice swam for 385 minutes whereas uh, mice that had treated had been treated with ashwagandha swam for twice as much time um, and then we have on cortisol cortisol content was reduced significant cortisol is your stress hormone um, the what was the other one I wanted to bring up uh, anti-tumor effect again this is with um, hamsters but there was an inhibitory effect, 49% of the colony forming efficiency of cells in, of cancer cells in ovaries. So it inhibited the growth of by 50, almost 50% of cancer cells in hamsters. Um, the other cool thing here, um, where was I going to? Oh, effect on neurogenerative disorders. So there's this right here. There are dozens of studies that show that ashwagandha slows, stops, or re reverses or removes neuritic atrophy and synaptic loss. Therefore, ashwagandha can be used to treat Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, 
Huntington's, and other neurodegenerative diseases at any stage of the disease, even before a person has been diagnosed and is still in the state of mild forgetfulness, etc. That's huge. Um, and there's no there's no side effects to ashwagandha. It's an herb. You can there's no upper limit of this. You can just take it whenever you want, however you want. Um, so again, like I said, I take um, I think I take 200 milligram pills right now. I take two of them at bedtime every night. Just helps me go to sleep. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, anxiolytic effect. So ashwagandha. This is the other one I wanted to bring up. Ashwagandha induced a calming anxiolytic. Anxi <laughs> anxiolytic effect that was comparable to the drug lorazepam in all three standard anxiety tests. The elevated plus maze, social interaction, and the feeding latency in an unfamiliar environment. Furthermore, both ashwagandha and lorazepam reduced rat brain levels of tribulin, an endocoid marker of clinical anxiety when the levels were increased following administration of the anxiogenic effect. Pentalinotetrazole probably didn't pronounce that right, um, but didn't practice it before I did this episode. So I will not re-record it though. You get to live with that gem. Um, so ashwagandha as effective as lorazepam, which is a benzodiazepine, like that's, that's, in, that's incredible. This is what people are on um, that have chronic anxiety, that can't sleep at night. Um, they're taking things like lorazepam and diazepam. Anything that ends with a PAM is, is a benzodiazepine that's designed to be anti-anxiety. Um, and help people relax, calm, sleep, and stabilize their mood. So that's that's really incredible. This is another really good one too. The effect of ashwagandha on glycosamine and glycan synthesis in the granulation tissue of carrageenan-induced air pouch granuloma was studied. Who can't believe I even got that out. But it's shown to exert significant inhibitory effect on incorporation of ribosome 35S into the granulation tissue. So what does this mean? It basically means that ashwagandha gives the mitochondria in your cells more health and more energy. So you actually can ex can exert more energy by using, um, by taking ashwagandha in each of your cells. Um, and I talked about this in my creatine issue as well. So if you haven't heard that, go back to the other, uh, to the last episode, I think it was that I did on creatine, where um, I talked about how creatine functions with ATP molecules, but ashwagandha, not, it's a different effect. Um, but it has a similar result where you have more energy. There's also an anti-inflammatory, anti-arthritic effects. Um, this, it, it really is like a wonder herb. So I highly suggest if you haven't investigated it, do some research on this and consider taking ashwagandha um, just as a daily supplement. I've got this other one here. Uh, this is a prospective randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study of safety and efficacy um, of a high concentration ashwagandha in reducing stress and anxiety. Um, and in this one, they took 64 subjects with a history of chronic uh, stress and they measured cortisol and then they each had a capsule of 300 milligrams of ashwagandha. They had a treatment period on a day 15, 30, and 45. A follow-up call was made and then the final uh, assessments were made at day 60. The results here, the treatment group that was given the high concentration ashwagandha root extract exhibited a significant reduction very low p-value in scores on all the stress assessment scales on day 60 relative to the placebo group. The serum cortisol levels were substantially reduced as well with a very low p-value in the ashwagandha group relative to the placebo uh, group. The adverse effects were mild in nature and were comparable in both groups, meaning there was nothing attributable to ashwagandha that was any different than a placebo. No serious adverse events. 
So in conclusion, the findings of this study suggest that a high concentration ashwagandha root extract safely and effectively improves in an individual's resistance towards stress and thereby improves self-assessed quality of life. What's not to like there? One more study here. This was uh, the efficacy and safety of ashwagandha published in 2019 on insomnia and anxiety. Again, a double-blind randomized placebo-controlled study. Not going to get into too many details here, but the conclusion, ashwagandha root extract is a natural compound with sleep-inducing potential, well-tolerated, and improved sleep quality and sleep-onset latency in patients with insomnia at a dose of 300 milligrams extract twice daily. It could be a potential use to improve sleep parameters in patients with insomnia and anxiety, but it needs further large-scale studies, of course. Again, promising research. Um, Next, after ashwagandha, magnesium. Um, studies have shown that we are very deficient in magnesium um, uh, as a population. Um, it's much harder to get the amount of magnesium that we need in our diet <clears throat> on a daily basis. And so I supplement with magnesium because it's, it's, it's responsible for a host of interactions within your body. It helps you metabolize carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Um, into the body and help utilize them as energy um, but it's responsible for a bunch of other hundreds of other things inside the body and, uh, and we tend not to get enough of it so I supplement with it for a multitude of reasons but again I take it at night um, because of its effect on sleep so ashwagandha and magnesium are the two things I take at night before I go to bed um, and you can see here this uh, this study here was uh, the effect of magnesium on primary insomnia this is in the elderly um, but again, there's lots of studies on here that you can look up for different age groups, but it's a double-blind placebo-controlled clinical trial again. And this, as compared to the placebo group, in the experimental group, dietary magnesium supplementation brought about statistically significant increases in sleep time, sleep efficiency, concentration of cerium renin, and melatonin, and also resulted in a significant decrease of the ISI score. And the ISI score, I'm not even sure what that is. I have to look that up. It doesn't say here. Oh, insomnia severity index. The sleep onset latency and serum cortisol concentration. Supplementation also resulted in marginally between groups significant reduction in early morning awakening. P-value is not as strong there though. And magnesium concentration. Um, although total sleep time did not show any significant difference, but that is pretty impressive in and of its own just for magnesium supplementation. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to talk about, which I'm not going to go into more too much detail here, um, I'll, I'll just finish this off actually. Supplementation of magnesium appears to improve subjective measures of insomnia, uh, ISI score, sleep efficiency, sleep time, and onset latency. Um, so again, promising for that. Also, just a great supplement to take for a lot of other reasons, and we'll probably do a full episode on magnesium and all the health benefits that comes along with it. But just in terms of sleep, um, I wanted to bring that up. And then also in the terms of uh, sleep, there is this amazing book that's everything supplements that I just finished reading called Fortify Your Life um, by Tiariona Lodog. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but I just finished this book. It's an incredible book. It's easy to read and it literally goes through all the vitamins, minerals, um, and nutraceutical supplements um, that she has done. You know, she's had decades of research in this. Uh, she's a clinical practitioner as well. Uh, and one of the really surprising sections that I read in this book 
I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to cut her grass. Um, but if you can get a copy of this book at your local library or buy a copy, it's really worth reading. She did a section on melatonin. Um, and I don't take melatonin personally because I don't have trouble falling asleep. Um, but the section that she does on melatonin is really, really eye-opening. Um, melatonin, if you don't know, it's naturally occurring. Your body produces it um, in low light naturally to help you go to sleep. Um, but interestingly enough, it was one of those things that I thought that if you took melatonin every day that you had the, um, you had a risk of not producing it on your own when you stopped taking it so that you were almost, um, you almost became victim to having to take it forever. And that's not the case. Actually, after reading this book, I found out that there's no rebound insomnia if you stop taking melatonin. So you can just always kind of keep melatonin on you. Um, and take it one to two hours before sleep because it does take time to get into your bloodstream. Um, but one to two hours before sleep, melatonin is a really, really good sleep aid and it actually helps in digestion as well. Um, so people with IBS um, or different forms of IBD have found that uh, melatonin can be a really good help for those symptoms as well, um, especially throughout the night. So again, I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna do too much about melatonin. I don't take it personally. Um, because I haven't needed it, but melatonin is that last sort of sleep hack that you may want to look into for yourself. Um, and she recommends anywhere between two and five milligrams per day, one to two hours before you fall asleep. And that's all I had for you today, a couple of the sleep hacks that I use on the road. So until next time, I hope you're not only surviving, but thriving on the road, even when you are out of your element. Cheers.